Hello, it's AJ, and welcome to the D Plus Club, where, as always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney Plus. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And, of course, each week we have a weekly movie club, where I give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and possibly some goofs as well. In the last show, we covered the movie Remember the Titans. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash the D plus club, or of course, probably whichever platform you're listening on right now. For this last week's movie, we've been watching Finding Dory, which I think actually be, might be our first sequel movie that we've watched, if you don't count MCU sequel movies, let's say. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to cover that a little bit later in the show. How's everyone been this past week? I've just been working a lot. <laughs> I seem like I've had a really, really, really busy week. I've been going to networking events for work and things like that. I just feel like I've not had two minutes to myself all week, and I feel like it's just been one thing after another thing after another thing after another thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's finally the weekend and we're able to have a nice, productive day yesterday. Felt like I got lots done, was able to see family and things like that. And I also had my latest COVID booster vaccine yesterday and also my seasonal flu jab as well which I'm not sure it was such a good idea having both of those at the same time because I was fine all yesterday morning. I started to get a bit achy towards yesterday evening, you know, like in the arms where I've been like injected for the vaccinations. And then I woke up this morning and I ache and still do ache all over, like everywhere, right down to my fingertips. Even just like clenching my fingers together like in a fist is painful. It just aches absolutely everywhere so if i don't sound in full form today that's probably because i don't feel full form today either i just feel really really rough not like ill like sick or like sore throat or anything like that i just feel tired i feel achy everywhere so uh, yeah i'm trying to take it a little bit easy but i wanted to make sure i did the show of course this week hopefully everyone else has had a, a really good week though drop me a message of course over on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club just to be able to let me know how you've been doing of course now, though, it's time for the news. I'm going to start off this week with a number of movie delays from Marvel, actually. Disney announced this past week that Blade, which was previously announced for a November 3rd, 2023 release, has actually now been delayed to September 6th, 2024. So quite a sizable delay on that. This could actually be likely due to the fact that production has been put on hold this past week, whilst a new director is found after the previous director, Basim Tariq, I think that's how you pronounce his name, actually left the project. So I think they just wanted to make sure that they have everything right before they start production on this project, let's say. Deadpool 3, which we only received an official date for the other week, in fact, actually, has been moved from September 6th, 2024 to November 8th, 2024. So not a big jump on that one. Fantastic Four has been pushed back from November 8th to February 14th, 2025. And also Avengers Secret Wars has been delayed from November 7th, 2025 to May 1st, 2026. Of course, previously we were supposed to be getting two Avengers movies in one year, but now we'll be getting those in two separate years now. But I just found it interesting that so many films have been delayed. Of course, with two of these, for example, Deadpool and Fantastic Four, one's taking the date of the other and then the other one's being pushed back. So these aren't drastic changes by any means. In some cases, it's only a month or two or six months. 
it's only really Blade that's had the like, major change, let's say. So, not sure why on that. Like I say, it could just be that Blade has had a knock-on effect with the rest of the movies in the release order. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure I communicated all of those date changes. Staying on the Marvel news now, the website The Cosmic Circus reported this past week that the upcoming Nova project, which was previously confirmed by Marvel, will actually now be a special presentation on Disney+. Plus much like the recent Werewolf by Night project, which I did watch this past week, and I will be able to get back to that a little bit later in the show. Of course, we've not really had any further information on the Nova project from Marvel since, really, its initial announcement, really. But I did want to say that this would be a really heavy rumour because I've not really read much from the cosmic circus before so i don't really know how reputable they are if you're a big follower of theirs please let let me know just drop me a message of course but uh, yeah i thought it was quite interesting that we get a special project this last week by werewolf by night of course and then the next thing we're hearing about nova potentially being a uh, special project let's say of course it is entirely possible that we haven't heard anything on this it could be a disney plus special presentation but I will be keeping an eye out on this one, but I would take that one as a rumour for now. Another Marvel project which we haven't heard much about recently is the upcoming Marvel Zombies spin-off series from the Zombies episode of What If. The new series will reportedly feature the characters of Yelena, Kate Bishop, Jimmy Woo, Death Dealer, Shang-Chi, and also Camilla Khan. And it was also heavily inspired by the original Zombies comic run, and will feature zombie characters of Hawkeye, Abomination, Ghost, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, Okoye, Icarus, and also many other characters that have appeared throughout the What If series. The Marvel comic writer Zeb Wells spoke this last week with Comic Book, where he seemingly confirmed that the series will only consist of four episodes. In the interview, he said... So I did not do the Zombies episode, but I'm doing the spin-off. It's just not out yet. But I love that episode too. So when I got the call that they were going to do a spin-off from that episode, I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. It's four episodes, so I'm not sure when it comes out yet, but it's looking really cool. Of course, four episodes doesn't really sound like a lot, but these could be maybe an hour-long episode each. Of course, nothing's been officially confirmed by Disney at this point. It could just be that he's working on four episodes, but it does he does make it sound like there are only going to be four episodes of that series, so we might have to wait and see on that one. But I thought that that was really interesting. I really enjoyed the Zombies episode of What If, so I'm looking forward to them revisiting that in its own, even if it's a short-form series, let's say. I'll say these could be hour-long episodes, for all we know at this time, but as soon as we hear any official news from Disney or from Marvel, I will be sure to let you know. Moving on to the last bit of Marvel news for this past week, Slash Film has reported that following, of course, the sad passing earlier this year of William Hurt, who previously played Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU, they're reporting that potentially Harrison Ford has been cast to take up the role in future MCU projects. Of course, this is not the first time that a character has been recast in the MCU. Of course, the character of James Rhodes, or War Machine was recast after the character's very first appearance in Iron Man. However, if this is true and they have recast this role, it will be a reverse of what they've done only recently after Chadwick Boseman's passing. It could be that they're specifically wanting an actor to play the role of Thunderbolt Bolt Ross for the upcoming Thunderbolts movie. According to Slash Film, Harrison Ford would make his appearance as Thunderbolt Ross in the upcoming Captain America New World Order movie. 
Of course, none of this has yet been confirmed by Disney or Marvel, but I will be keeping an eye out for this one because it could be interesting to see Harrison Ford enter the MCU. And I think that he does have that sort of Thunderbolt Ross sort of vibe about him. So it will be interesting to see what they do with this. But more so that it's interesting that they're recasting one character when they didn't recast another. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad that they did not recast uh, T'Challa for the Black Panther movie. I think that Chadwick Boseman did an absolutely stunning job. But of course, William Hurt has played Thunderbolt Ross from as far back as I think. Was it the original Incredible Hulk movie? The one that was universal anyway, but it's still considered part of the MCU. But I just thought it was really interesting. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this potential recasting. Would you be happy to see Harrison Ford take over the role of Thunderbolt Ross? Or do you think that they should do something similar as to what they've done with T'Challa and actually remove this character from the MCU going forwards and tackle the Thunderbolts in a different way, let's say? Of course, let me know. Drop me a message over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord or drop me a message over on social media just so I can hear your thoughts on this. Let's move on to a few shorter stories now. Deadline reported this past week that Yvonne Sennett-Jones, who has starred in Sneakerella on Disney+, Plus, has been casting a recurring role in the upcoming new series based on the novel The Crossover, which we actually spoke about not too long ago, and I'm looking forward to picking up the book. I think it's available on Audible, last I checked. I'm very close to the end of the Harry Potter series on Audible. I'll probably end up finishing those in a couple of weeks' time, so I do need a book to be able to move on to. And this might be the one, so I can maybe check that one out before the series debuts on Disney+. Plus. Deadline also reported this past week that David, and I'm going to apologise in advance for this, but David Rinsdahl, I think that's how you say that, R-Y-S-D-A-H-L. Not sure, I apologise for how I've pronounced that because I've probably got it completely wrong. But David, Sam Spurrell, Jessica Poli, Nick Gomez have all been cast in the upcoming fifth season of Fargo alongside the previous, previously announced cast of Juno Temple, John Hamm, Jennifer Jason Lee, Joe Kerry, also Lamore Morris and also Rika Morjani. Sorry, I, I, I very much apologise if I said any of those names wrong. But they've joined, apparently, the upcoming fifth, fifth season of Fargo. Moving on, though, now, in a recent interview with Comedy Central, Whoopi Goldberg said that she would like for Lizzo, Kiki Palmer, and also Nicki Minaj to star in the upcoming Sister Act 3 movie for Disney+, Plus, saying, I want everybody. I want as many people who want to have some fun as possible because I desperately need to have some fun. She also said that she expects the script to be ready for about the end of this month so hopefully we'll learn more about that in the not too distant future we got a new poster this past week for the upcoming live action the little mermaid movie which shows ariel sat on a rock on the ocean floor looking up at the surface we also got new character posters for the upcoming black panther wakanda forever movie this past week as well Disney released their first trailer for the upcoming docu-series Save Our Squad with David Beckham this past week, and it actually looks really interesting. I'm not really into football, but it looks like one that I might even just check out, even if it's only one episode. I still need to have a look at the um, Welcome to Wrexham, the Ryan Reynolds one as well. That's now, I think that's now all available on Disney+, Plus, so it might be one that I'll try and binge watch at some point, let's say. Zach Morris and Issa Bryones, who have previously starred in UK's EastEnders and Star Trek Picard, respectively, have been announced to be joining the cast of the Uckwing Goosebumps series as Isaiah and Jane. 
Isaiah is described as a popular star football player whose financial struggles at home has him and his family banking on his athleticism to secure him a full ride to college. Jane is described as typically having her head in her book, causing her classmates to think that she's a snob, but she's just laser-focused on writing and creating a life that's interesting enough for a memoir. Moving on though now, after the Disney CEO Bob Chapek recently spoke about an interconnected series of products, Disney revealed this past week that Disney Plus subscribers will be able to access a series of products as part of a new Disney Plus special access on Shop Disney, which could include exclusive merchandise themed to Disney Plus projects as well as special Shop Disney offers as well. In fact, I saw this past week that now the Obi-Wan Kenobi Legacy lightsaber is now available in the uk shop disney store previously this was exclusive to the disney parks and this was actually one that i was wanting to get whilst i was over in the us this earlier this year when we're on holiday and i ended up getting the uh, luke return of the jedi and also the skywalker legacy saber and also the ahsoka clone wars hilts and this might be on my Christmas wish list to be able to get the Obi-Wan saber because it was one of the ones that I wanted. I wanted to to go and get that particular saber, even if it was just the hilt without a blade. I was really, really wanting to be able to get that one. So that one might end up going on my Christmas list, let's say. But anyway, I thought that this sounded really interesting that they could be bringing exclusives to Disney Plus subscribers. And it, it kind of goes back to what we used to have here in the UK when Disney Life was around and Disney Life subscribers could get a discount in Shop Disney physical retail stores and had online offers and things like that. It'll be good to see some of these sorts of things come back. Moving on, though, we also got some updates this past week from the upcoming Percy Jackson series. with three new cast members being announced. Variety reported that Silicon Valley star Suzanne Cryer will be playing the role of Ichida, the mother of monsters. The character is said to be dangerous, intimidating, and strangely maternal. She enjoys her task of challenging heroes and will test Perth test Percy's faith in the gods. The Flash and also the Old Man star Jessica Parker Kennedy will be playing the role of Medusa, the infamous Gorgon who was wronged by the gods and is very bitter. Medusa lives in isolation until travellers stumble across her emporium. She is welcoming to some, but is a threat to others. I actually remember this very specifically in the very first book and I'm looking forward to seeing her turn this role onto the screen because... I've actually watched The Flash, so I've seen her play the roles that she's played on that. I haven't seen her in The Old Man yet, but uh, I think it'll be very interesting to be able to see her take on this because it's a very unique role, let's say, and the way that it's done in the book is very unique as well. And also, the former WWE star Adam Edge Copeland will be playing the role of Ares, the god of war, who is described as handsome in a wicked way and also arrogant, despite not always being the sharpest tool in the shed. He also loves conflict and acts as an agent of chaos wherever he goes. I think I last saw Adam in the sci-fi series Haven. I've actually bought that on iTunes recently because I wanted to be able to re-watch it. But I think he's also been in the Amazon series Vikings. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing him return to the screen again. And I think that the character of Ares is kind of perfect for him. When I was a lot younger, I did watch WWE and wrestling and things like that. And it's one thing that I want to be able to get back into again at some point. It's not really one for the kids, let's say. But I think that this is kind of the perfect character for him because he's he's covered a lot of that sort of uh, character in in Haven, but also in the WWE as well with the character he's portrayed on screen there. So I'm looking forward to seeing his take on that. 
And finally, in this week's news, the Hollywood Reporter reported that Ryan Reynolds and also the Strange Worlds director, Kui Nguyen, I think that's how you say that, apparently they've teamed up to work on a new project themed around the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, also known as the SEA. The current rumour is that this will be separate from the rumoured series by Ron Moore, who has also worked on Sci-Fi's Battlestar Galactica and also Apple TV Plus's For All Mankind, which For All Mankind is a brilliant series by the way i've not yet caught up on the latest season but i've watched the first couple and it's absolutely brilliant highly highly recommend but anyway he's also been rumored to be working on a series based on the society of explorers and adventurers as well but set in a magic kingdom type universe which would exist in another reality let's say but it could also be potentially that these two projects could be one and the same and they will link together in somehow it's not yet known none of this has been confirmed however with the law that's been built up in the disney parks over the years it could be that disney are looking to build a franchise around the sea let's say and could be including movies such as the jungle cruise movie and a potential sequel and also the upcoming haunted mansion movie as well because i think the sea is featured heavily in i think it's phantom manor which is in Oh, I forget which park Phantom Manor is in now, but yeah, I think it could be that they're building a franchise around the SEA and we could see more movies come from that as well, but of course we'll have to wait and see. But that's about it for this week's news. What are you most excited for from this last week? Of course, drop me a message over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Now, though, I am going to take a brief break and then I'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week. Looking for the show that talks about all things Disney? Then check out the Disney List with Kristen and Al John. They've got news on Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, the parks, and so much more. Listen to the Disney List every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long. SRSounds.com. So what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week? Well, of course, this last week we had the season finale of She-Hulk. And I know that a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of comments on social media, that people aren't really a fan of She-Hulk because it's not typical Marvel, let's say. There is a lot of this fourth wall breaking and also it's not really action-packed. It's very much a legal drama slash comedy with action built into it, this, that, and the other. But I really enjoyed this. I, I really enjoy the, the, the direction that they've gone with this series. I think that they've been very close to the comics in what they've wanted to accomplish. And this final episode felt like it was lifted straight off of the pages of a comic. It included the biggest fourth wall break of the season, but also a lot of nods to 
what many people have been thinking over the years like there was even and this isn't spoiling it but there is a section where jen talks about how it feels that every marvel movie or project or series all follows this same narrative path and that she didn't want to do that and this is what this whole series for me has been about by changing this typical marvel narrative let's say and approaching it from a completely unique angle and i think that they had to be able to do this to be able to accomplish what they wanted to do with this character so i i for one have really enjoyed it but i can understand why people might not like it because it isn't your typical marvel show or movie let's say and they've handled this character very differently they as a character she hulk doesn't want to be this like big hero let's say she wants to be a lawyer she just so happens to also be a hulk but i really really enjoyed it i liked what they did with the characters in this season and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with she hulk going forwards in the more recent episodes they introduced daredevil and it could be that we will see she hulk and daredevil on the screen again at some point when daredevil does get his own series as well but at this time we don't know when we'll next see she hulk again this past week we also had andor episode six which actually served for me as a very much an end to chapter two let's say and i spoke about this the other week where i feel like they're really clearly defining this series into chapters the first three episodes were clearly defined as chapter one the last three episodes that we've had have been clearly defined as a second chapter and it doesn't give us this now direction as to where we will see Andor go next we've been had had things teased let's say but we don't have this clear okay this is what he's going to go and do now but I've really enjoyed that because it means that we can see these three episode chunks as their own unique stories you could watch these three back to back and you feel like you've gotten to the end of that story or part of andor's life at that time and i really really enjoyed this most recent episode episode six and the visuals in it are stunning like straight out of a star wars movie really absolutely stunning i think that the direction that they're going with this series is absolutely brilliant and really this is one of my favorite now star wars shows i would say I, I would rate this higher than the book of boba fett for sure but i do love the mandalorian let's say uh, but no i really 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 enjoyed this and i'm looking forward to see where they take the rest of this series and what these next well what i would expect to be two chapters where they will go now in last week's show i did say that i hadn't had chance to watch werewolf by night and also the latest episode of mighty ducks game changers and of course there's been another one since then of course but i'm happy to say that i'm all caught up with those now i actually ended up watching mighty ducks game changers on my phone this morning after i'd got up and just put some airpods in i was pottering around the house i just had my phone in my hand as i was doing a few different things but yeah i managed to be able to watch the two most recent episodes let's say and i'm really enjoying it i'm liking what they're doing with it they're uh, really focusing on character development not only of the central cast of characters from last year but also expanding on that as well but the only danger that i found in this most recent episode is that they were exploring one of the new characters and i felt like they really left out some some good character development on our cast that we've seen in the the 
first season, let's say. Sorry, I'm really not doing a very good job of describing this without giving spoilers away. I like that they're really uh, tackling the story that they are doing with these new characters, but I do feel like the need in these next few episodes to focus on some of that original core cast that we had from last year. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. I'm, I'm, I am really enjoying this series. I haven't had a chance to be able to start watching Big Shot Season 2 yet. I'm thinking that might be something that me and my wife will start this next week, but I know it's daunting having a full season released all at once. I like to be able to spread it out, and I don't know. I might still end up spreading it out myself anyway, but maybe just like two episodes a week or something like that, but I am looking forward to starting on that. As for Werewolf by Night, though, I really, really enjoyed it. I wasn't really expecting much when it came to the the black and white aesthetic and things and the whole, like, really old horror story sort of vibes that they're going for. And, yeah, I wasn't too sure when I very first started watching it, but there are some really good twists and turns throughout it, and it was really violent. I was not expecting for something that is Marvel and on Disney+. Plus to be so violent of course they're able to get away with it because when they showed blood let's say it wasn't really blood it was just black dots on the screen but the way that they're able to tackle this and make it so violent it's it was really interesting to be able to see and i think that they did a really good job with the story and there was some very good twists in the story let's say but it, of course it ends on that kind of and we saw it in one division that kind of flip from black and white to color and it makes you think, okay, well, these characters are definitely now in the MCU. There's no doubt about it. Even though it was a Marvel special presentation, these characters have now been introduced into the MCU and we're left on that sort of, okay, well, like with She-Hulk, for example, where are we going to take this next? When are we next going to see these characters? Because whilst it was a really, really good special and I found it really interesting and I thought the story was really, really good, where are we going to go with these characters? Is this going to be it? Is it going to be, we'll just see these characters introduced and then we'll not see them again? Or are we working up to something bigger? Could we be seeing Moon Knight and could we be seeing Werewolf by Night and Man-Thing and also even Blade before the Blade movie? Could we see all of those characters be coming together on Disney Plus or maybe even in the upcoming Blade movie as well? I, I don't know where they're going with this at the moment, and I'm really interested to be able to find out. I just w wish we had, I don't know, more focus, or, well, not more focus, but I, I wish that they would explain to us what's going to happen next with these characters, let's say. So, no, really, really enjoyed it, but I, I'm, I'm wanting more. That, that's kind of it. And I know some people are saying that Marvel are doing too much at the moment, and I think they are trying to now spread things out a little bit more, let's say, but I'm wanting more. I want to know more about these new characters that they're introducing. And sometimes this short form one-off sort of special just doesn't give you enough information, especially for me, you who loves like character backstory and seeing where these characters are going to go next. Like, for example, something like when Sam Wilson in the most recent uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier series, where he accepted becoming the new Captain America, at least we know that that's now going to be followed up with a movie. We don't know with She-Hulk, we don't know with Werewolf by Night and with Moon Knight when we're next going to see these characters, and I, I would like to see them again in the not-too-distant future, hopefully.
Anyway, moving on from my rant now, what have we got to look forward to this next week? Well, starting on Monday in the US, you'll be getting episode 5 from season 31 of Dancing with the Stars, which will be at 8pm Eastern and 5pm Pacific. Whilst here in the UK, we'll be getting the 19th episode in season 11 of The Walking Dead. Moving on to Wednesday, we'll be getting, of course, the seventh episode in the first season of Andor, which will actually, of course, start this next chapter in this first season. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. And of course, we will also be getting episode four of the second season of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. In the US, you'll also be getting four new episodes of Alice's Wonderland Bakery season one, Barry in the Big Blue House seasons one through four, P PB and J Otter seasons one through three. I have no idea what that's about. I thought it was some sort of sandwich for a second, but yeah, no PB and J Otter seasons one through three. You'll also be getting eight episodes from Raven's Home season five, Spider Man the new and animated series season one, and also the spectacular Spider Man season one as well, which also looks to be an animated series. You'll also be getting the Incredible Doctor Paul season twenty one and Wicked Tuna season eleven. In the UK on Wednesday, we'll be getting The Old Man, episode 5, which I'm really looking forward to starting this series. I may now wait until all of the episodes are out, but yeah, I've heard lots of good things. I know my dad's been watching it, so. Also, we'll be getting NCIS Hawaii, season 1, episode 9. American Horror Stories, season 2, episode 8. 911 Lone Star, season 3, episode 16. In the Soup, Friendication, where Park Seo Jun from the Marvels, rapper Peak Boy... Cho Cho Wu Sik from Parasite and Park Young Sik from Soundtrack One and also V from BTS will start in In the Soup Friendication, which gives audiences a close look at the lives of these five celebrity friends as they step away from their busy everyday lives to unwind together in a relaxing surprise trip. I've read all of those names out and apart from the phrase bts which i think is a a band i have no idea who any of those people are so please i will welcome someone to enlighten me who these people are and if this is uh, worth checking out for this special also in the uk we'll be getting the third season of the british and french series war of the worlds which i'm actually looking forward to checking out at some point i think it's really interesting what they're doing with this series so i really want to get started on that one at some point on thursday here in the uk we'll also be getting another new episode of the kardashians season two which, as I've said before, I can honestly say I have not watched one episode and is actually not one I'm planning on watching, but I would like to hear your thoughts if it's one that you're watching. Moving on to Friday in the US, you'll be getting the Disney's Hall of Villains, where Zombies host Meg Donnelly takes you down a haunted hallway full of villainous musical performances, which actually sounds really interesting. I was reading about it today, and I think it's from, like, 2019, I think. So, no, look forward to seeing some more about that. We're looking for some things to be able to watch for Halloween in the house, actually. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Here in the UK on Friday, though, we'll finally be getting the addition of the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie after we got the first two of a month or more ago i think it was the third has been available in other countries i think it was available in australia and new zealand but of course due to licensing restrictions they weren't able to add them all everywhere and i think in the us you still don't have any of the spider-man movies on disney plus it's only places like 
UK, uh, like I say, New Zealand, Australia, and I think even Canada has some of the Spider-Man movies as well. But anyway, we're finally getting the addition of the third Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. And we'll also be getting Matriarch, where after an overdose nearly takes her life, Laura Birch escapes from the high-stakes pressure of the advertising world to return to her roots. Accepting an invitation home from her estranged mother, Laura hopes that the time away in the secluded English village will help calm the demons raging inside of her. However, she soon discovers that the locals of the town are protecting an unspeakably dark secret. A secret that involves not only her mother, but her own terrifying destiny as well. I'm not sure what to make of this one, if I'm honest. It sounds really interesting, but it also sounds very tense, and I'm not really into that sort of uh, movie, let's say, but it might be one that I'll have a look at the trailer once uh, I I get a chance, let's say. But that's about it for this next week. What are you most looking forward to? Of course, let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. I am going to take another brief break now, though, and then I'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club. Hi, it's Jeff Davis here on Sorcerer Radio. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time for DW60. We'll start things off with Press Row as we talk about some of the top news stories from the Walt Disney World Resort. And, of course, there's always rumors floating around, and I'll cover them during the Rumors of the Week. And I'll be reading your emails during email time. As always, I'll be playing some of your favorite Disney music from around the Walt Disney World Resort. If you missed the show, catch the replay that evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can always catch up on the news of the week during DW60's Press Row Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. It's DW60 with me, Jeff Davis, here on Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music all day long, srsounds.com. Are you a park opener? Maybe you love the smell of pirate water. Here at Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company, we're a little sweet on Gaston, and we think you might be too. Bring these magically inspired scents to your home, or it could be off with your head. Magically scent your world at MagicallyScented.com. Sorcerer Radio listeners, be sure to use the code SOR20 to get 20% off your next Magically Scented order. And now it's time for the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past week's movie has been Finding Dory. So if you've never seen Finding Dory before, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, go and watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. And now with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into it. We open the movie as a young Dory, the regal blue tang, gets separated from her parents, Jenny and Charlie. As she grows up, Dory attempts to search for them, but gradually forgets them due to her short-term memory loss. Later in life, she stumbles upon Marlin the Clownfish, looking for Nemo, which we see in the first movie. One year after meeting Marlin and Nemo, Dory is living with them in their reef. One day, Dory has a flashback and remembers her parents. She decides that she wants to look for them, but her memory problem is an obstacle. However, she is able to remember that they lived in the Jewel of Morro Bay, California. Marlin and Nemo accompany Dory on her journey, and with the help of Crush, a sea turtle friend, they ride the California Current to California. Upon arrival, they explore a shipwreck, 
full of lost cargo, where Dory accidentally awakens a giant Humboldt squid, who pursues them and almost devours Nemo. Thankfully, they manage to trap the squid in a large shipping container, and Marlin berates Dory for endangering them. With her feelings hurt, Dory travels to the surface to seek help where she is captured by staff members of the trio's nearby destination, the Marine Life Institute. Dory is placed in quarantine and tagged. There, she meets a grouchy seven-legged octopus named Hank. Dory's tag marks her for transfer to an aquarium in Cleveland, Ohio. Hank, who fears being released back into the ocean, agrees to help Dory find her parents in exchange for her tag. On their journey to find Dory's parents, in one exhibit, Dory encounters her childhood friend, Destiny, a nearsighted whale shark who used to communicate with Dory through the pipes and teach Dory how to speak whale. And they also meet Bailey, a beluga whale who mistakenly believes he has lost his ability to echolocate. Dory has flashbacks of her life with her parents, but struggles to recall the details, finally remembering how she was separated from her parents. She overheard her mother crying one night and left to retrieve a shell to cheer her up and was pulled away by an undertow current out into the ocean. Marlin and Nemo attempt to rescue Dory with the help of two lazy California sea lions named Fluke and Rudder and a common loon named Becky. They manage to get into the institute and find her in the pipe system. Other blue tangs tell them that Dory's parents escaped from the institute a long time ago to search for her, and never came back, leaving Dory to believe that they had died. Hank retrieves Dory from the tank, accidentally leaving Marlin and Nemo behind. He is then apprehended by one of the employees, and unintentionally drops Dory into the drain, flushing her out into the ocean. Whilst wandering aimlessly, she comes across a trail of shells. Remembering that when she was young, her parents had set out a similar trail to help her find her way back home. Dory follows the trail and finds an empty brain coral with multiple shell tracks leading to it. As she turns to leave, her parents arrive. They tell her that they spent years laying down trails for her to follow in the hopes that one day she would eventually find them. Marlin, Nemo and Hank end up in the truck taking various aquatic creatures to Cleveland. Destiny and Bailey escape from their exhibit to help Dory rescue them. Once on board the truck, Dory persuades Hank to return with her to the sea, and together they hijack the truck, drive it over busy highways, creating havoc, before crashing it into the sea and freeing all of the fish. Dory, along with her parents and new friends, return to the reef with Marlin and Nemo. Hank begins to adapt to a happy lifestyle in the ocean, and also becomes a teacher for Nemo's school. A credit scene gives us a mini prequel featuring clips of Hank set before the events of the main plot of the film. In a post-credit scene, the Tank Gang from the original Finding Nemo film are seen still trapped inside their now covered in algae plastic bags, and they reach California one year after floating across the Pacific Ocean, where they are picked up by staff members from the Marine Life Institute. Finding Dory was released on June 17, 2016, with a budget of $200 million. It went on to make $1.029 billion at the global box office, and was the third highest grossing movie of that year. 
Prior to work on Finding Dory, Disney had planned to make a Finding Nemo sequel without Pixar's involvement through Circle 7 Animation, a studio Disney announced in 2005 with the intention to make sequels to Pixar, Pixar properties. However, due to the 2006 acquisition of Pixar by Disney, Circle 7 was shut down by Disney without ever actually having produced a film. Although it never actually went into production, a script for the Circle 7 version was uploaded to the official Raindance Film Festival website. Elements of the unmade script included the introduction of Nemo's long-lost twin brother, Remy, and also a storyline where Marlin is caught and must be saved. In July 2012, Andrew Santon was announced as the director of a Finding Nemo sequel, with Victoria Strauss writing the script. Later that August, Ellen DeGeneres had entered negotiations to reprise her role of Dory in the film, and in September the film was confirmed by Andrew Santon. And by February of 2013, it was also confirmed that Albert Brooks would be be reprising the role of Marlin in the sequel. In April of 2013, Disney announced that the sequel would be called Finding Dory, confirming that Ellen DeGeneres and Brooks would be reprising their roles as Dory and Marlin respectively, On her own show, Ellen DeGeneres said, I have waited for this day for a long, 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 long time, and I'm not mad that it took this long. I know the people at Pixar were busy creating Toy Story 16, but the time they took was worth it. The script is fantastic, and it has everything I loved about the first one. It's got a lot of heart, it's really funny, and the best part is it's got a lot more Dory. In a 2016 interview, Stanton stated how the film's story came to be. He said, I don't watch my own films that often after they've been done because I have to watch them so many times before they come out. So, in about 2010, when we were getting Finding Nemo ready for the 10-year re-release in 3D, it was interesting to watch it again after all that time. Something kind of got lodged in the back of my brain and started to stew. I started to think how easily Dory could get lost and not find Marlin and Nemo again. She basically was in the same state that she was when Marlin found her. I didn't know where she was from. I knew that she had spent most of her youth wandering the ocean alone, and I wanted to know that she could find her new family if she ever got lost again. It's almost like the parental side of me was worried. Santon additionally stated, I knew if I ever said Finding Dory or mentioned a sequel to Finding Nemo out loud, I'd be done. There would be no way I'd be able to put that horse back in the barn. So I kept it very quiet until I knew I had a story that I thought would hold. And that was in early 2012. So I pitched it to John Lasseter and he was all into it. Then I got a writer. And once we had a treatment that we kind of liked, I felt comfortable calling Ellen. In August of 2015, at Disney's D23 Expo, it was announced that Hayden Rowlands would voice Nemo, replacing Alexander Gould from the first film, whose voice had deepened since reaching adulthood. Gould actually voiced a minor character in the sequel instead. At the D23 Expo, they also announced that Ed O'Neill would be the voice of Hank. Let's have a look at some other facts about the movie now. To make the light more realistic, the Render Man solution was actually completely re-engineered in its biggest change in 25 years. The license plate on the truck is CALA113. A113, if anyone's been listening to the podcast for a while or, have, or has looked into Pixar movies in the past, is actually in all of the Pixar movies. It's a reference to the Cal Arts Room where many of the animators from Pixar Studios attended. 
The Pizza Planet truck, a truck that is used to make delivery for Pizza Planet in the Toy Story films, actually appears in a wrecked sunken state at the area where Dory, Marlin, and Nemo encounter the giant squid, as well as on the freeway passing by the truck heading for Cleveland. The voice of the intercom at the Marine Life Institute is, as is frequently said in the film, Sigourney Weaver. However, this is actually her second Pixar role, as she also voiced the main computer of the Axiom, the ship from Wall-E, which was also directed by Andrew Stanton. This movie was originally scheduled to be released on November 25th, 2015. After Pixar's other movie, The Good Dinosaur, was pushed back to that date, this release date was also pushed back. Characters from other Pixar films also make cameos as visitors to the Marine Life Institute. These include the daycare children from Toy Story 3, some adults and teenagers including Riley from Inside Out, and also some of the dentist patients, particularly the young boy and mother, who had been sitting in the waiting room when Dollar arrived from Finding Nemo in 2003. And that's about it for this week's movie. I really, really enjoy Finding Dory. I think I've said before that Dory is one of my favourite Pixar characters. Out of all of Pixar, Dory is one of my favourite Pixar characters. And I think that after the original Finding Nemo, it was only logical that if there was going to be a sequel, that either Nemo would get lost again for, for starters, or they would have to focus it on the story of Dory. Because... As you meet Dory in the original Finding Nemo, she's wandering the ocean alone. She's been lost and she has no memory of her, or not really much of her memory, let's say, of her prior life. And you get these kind of glimpses into what she might have been through. She knows how to speak whale, for example. How did she know how to speak whale? And where was she traveling alone when she met Marlin? I'm glad that this movie was able to focus on this story. It was almost like a prequel and a sequel all rolled into one because it was able to tackle all of Dory's life. And also it leaves you knowing that she's going to be comfortable in herself again going forwards and that she's not going to forget not only her family, but her now extended family in Marlin and Nemo as well. I, I think that this is one of those rare occasions with with films in general where the sequel is as good as, if not better than, the original. I really, really enjoy Finding Dory, and it's one of those that's definitely on my recommendations list. When people want to, to ask about what sort of family film they can sit down and watch, if they haven't already seen Finding Nemo, of course I'll say Finding Nemo, but... If they have, I will also definitely say Finding Dory because this is an absolutely brilliant film and I think that they did a superb job with this. And I'm not sure that... It, like, I, I can't think now, if they were to do a third movie, what it would be about because I think that they hit the nail on the head with this sequel movie and really wrapped up that story really well. So no, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. But what did you guys think? As always, I ask over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord, the Fun Zone Facebook group, and also on my social media for people to be able to share their comments. So let's see what you had to say this week. Clan Guardian said, It was a good movie. Brandon said, After watching it yesterday, it seems like this one is just as funny as Finding Nemo. It definitely has that same kind of humour in it, and I enjoyed this one, just as much as the original, I think. And that's really nice to be able to hear because it, it means that I'm not on my own with this because, like I say, I really enjoyed this sequel and I think, like I say, it's as good, if not better, than the original, which is very rare for movies. 
And also on Instagram, Tim said, I really enjoyed Finding Dory. It's not one that I'd seen before. I'd seen the original Finding Nemo, but I've never got round to watching Finding Dory. And I really enjoyed this as a sequel. My favourite character was definitely Hank. And I look forward to seeing if they introduce some of these characters again in the future. And that's really interesting to be able to hear because like as I said, I think that this film really wrapped up that story of Marlin, Nemo and Dory. But... I do see that they could potentially make some short stories out of these as well. They could potentially do what they've done with Cars on the Road, for example, recently, where they tell some very short stories that form a, a longer narrative, let's say. But I also think that they don't have to because they're able to wrap up so many good stories within this movie, let's say. But thank you very much for your comments on this week's movie. Now, though, it's time to see what the guys at Diz His had to say about Finding Dory. This is his review. Review. So this week in D Plus, we are going to be talking about Finding Dory, which is a great movie. I would even say this is one of those movies you always say when they make like a sequel of a movie. Is it going to be better? Most likely not than the original, right? This is one of those movies I feel like is just as good, maybe even better. What do you guys think about it, Alex? Um, I agree with you. I think it's just as good. I don't know if it's better but I think it's just as good. And it's so different. I mean, it has similarities to the original movie, but it's not like a sequel where it follows the exact same pattern. I mean, it's very similar. I guess it is very similar, but it's so different in the aspect of how it's done. I think it definitely is a really good standoff alone movie. I think it's funnier. It may be funnier. I think you're right. Is How it funnier you? or is it just that you had seen the original one so many times those jokes weren't as funny? I don't know. I think the octopus, um, Hank, is super funny. Hank is you know, funny. I think, uh, huh? Hank is funny. Sigourney Weaver yeah. saying, I'm Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, there's def definitely a lot more characters where I think are funnier yes. than the first one. You know, um, the the whales, the beluga. right? Super funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a little bit funnier, in my opinion, at least. I mean, Frozen's one of those movies where it's better than, we kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago, where the second one we think is better, some people think it's better than the first one. I think this is one of those movies. I would rather watch Finding Dory, um, you know, than Finding Nemo, I feel like. Yeah. What do you think of it, Jen, though? Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Alex. I, think, I, I don't know if I agree with you or if, like Jen said, I've just seen Finding Nemo so many times and Finding Dory is newer, therefore I've seen it less. I don't know if I watched them both 100 times if my, my, you know, my 201 viewing would be one or the other. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that Finding Nemo wasn't even about Nemo. You got to see Nemo in this one, right? You got to see Nemo and Marlin interact yeah. with each other. Finding Nemo, Chris, Nemo you look at me like I'm crazy. Well, you said on? Finding Nemo wasn't even about Nemo. It was more about Finding Nemo. It was about Finding Nemo, but I would feel like the most movie was about Marlin and Dory trying yeah. to find Nemo, you know, and that, I mean, Nemo was in it, you know, with the whole fish tank and stuff like that, but I feel right. like, the, like the big chunk of the story is mostly about Marlin. Yes, I right? agree. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I like this one better. I feel like I like the whole thing of them being in an aquarium is super cool. Um, I, I like it a little bit better. Uh, it's definitely a little bit more realistic. So you guys like no no laughing about that. You're, you're like, oh yeah, he's right. It's realistic. <laughs> Go ahead, Jen. What do you think of this movie? No, it's not that. It's 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 a good movie, but I stand by that. How many times have you seen Finding Nemo versus how many times you've seen Finding Dory? So mm -hmm. it's still a little bit fresher because Finding Nemo was this great movie that you know yeah. was what two thousand three, I think. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so, I, and, it, and I like Finding Nemo. I'm not saying I don't like Finding Nemo at all. I th- I think the Finding, in my opinion, I think the Finding Nemo, Nemo series is better than Frozen, right? Yes, um, but you, what do you think, Jen? But what do you, so what do you think though? You're saying that it could be this, could be that. What do you think? Do you think the second one's better than the first one? What do you think? Uh, I think they're on, I think they're on par with each other because, and that's, and that's a good thing because, yeah, yeah. you know, there are sequels that come out like, you know, the second Aladdin, the second little mermaid, you know, all those other ones like that, um, that, you know, those are examples of sequels that did not live up to the original, but, and then there are some like Toy Story 2, which are even better. So to be on par is not a bad thing. And, and Finding Dory is on par, you know, the jokes are different and fresh, you know, it's a different kind of, of, it's a different story with the same characters. There's character growth, you know, there's all of those things that make it a good sequel. How about you, Chris? What do you think? That's good. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I, I like this movie just as much as Finding Nemo. I agree. I um, I, you know what? I'm I'm not just gonna repeat what you guys said because I agree with you about really everything. Um, but I wonder if there will be a third one. I wonder if Dory will be continued. You know, the story of Dory will be continued after all of this. You know, canceling of Ellen about you know the uh, harassment in the workplace type mm-hmm. stuff. You know, so I'm kind of curious um if they'll move forward with that or not. You know, yeah, it's interesting to kind of think about. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite scenes? Because mine, I think, Ooh. is someone posted a picture and reminded me of the seals, and uh, <laughs> that's funny. They're hilarious. Like on the rock, that's yes. that's a funny scene. I, I like Hank. Any any scene with Hank, uh, I think, is a really I love. I really like octopuses, and uh, so I think that's really interesting. That you mean octopus. What, he's not. A, he, he's not an octopus. What is he? He's because he only has seven legs. He's a septa something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. I think that whole part of it's like super funny. Uh, I like how you like his hep- heptapod. Uh, I like how he is like the camouflaging thing. Like, is he there? Like, where is he? He's like, <laughs> I, I like that whole thing. It's good. It's a, such a, I think it's a great character and it's added to the septapod. Yeah. Uh, Steve septapod. I think it's, it's a great character to be added to, you know, the film. Um, Chris, have you guys got favorite scenes you guys want to talk about? Um, I haven't seen this movie in so long. I think one of my favorite ones is the guy who voices uh, or, or Phil Murphy uh who voices the or phil dumphy phil dumphy, phil dumphy. from modern family that's not yeah, his yeah, real yeah. name I, I like i like him trying to use the sonar uh yeah. i like the scenes where he's trying to do that i remember really enjoying that um and he and finally oh, gets it at the end yeah and, and then and like then the um makes. i like seeing the fish gang the fish tank gang uh, yes. again in the in the uh in the bags it's a good movie yeah you want to hear more from Joe, Alex, Jen, and Chris? Just visit DizHiz.com and listen to DizHiz on all podcast platforms. Thank you very much, guys. Remember, you can catch DizHiz on Fridays on Social Radio at 1pm and 8pm Eastern, as well as on all major podcasting platforms, including the Social Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash DizHiz. Remember, if you want to send me your comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. Or, of course, on any of my posts over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. Or, of course, over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. Also, if you want to leave me an audio comment on the movie, you can do so at my anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash the D plus club. Next week for the Weekly Movie Club, we'll be returning to our MCU series for Avengers Infinity War. Until then, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.